0: Yes, it is Friday. It's February 9. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. A very good morning to you if you are just tuning in. Uh, we have Brad Arthur, the Parramatta coach, coming up shortly. Lots of news around in uh, Rugby League. Joey Manu, 9 News reported. He's told the Roosters he's going to head to rugby at the ed- end of the season. Uh, French rugby clubs apparently offering very big money for Joey Manu. And it looks like he'll be leaving Bondi Junction. And that news came after Luke Keery, uh reached agreement to extend there for 2025. So the 32-year-old wants to keep going. James Tedesco is also under contract there until the end of 2025 as well. Uh, bad news at South yesterday. A big blow actually. Star Centre Campbell Graham. So he needs surgery due to issues with his sternum. He played through a fair bit of pain with this injury last season and painkilling injections as well. Uh, So, surgery coming up for him. And he'll be out for up to six months. So, that's a massive blow. Lucky they signed Jack White and Laws, But Isaiah Tass played pretty well for them last year as well. But uh, timely recruitment, Jack White. And after all that debate, where will he play? Well, we know where he's going to be playing now. (laughs)
1: He'll be playing left centre. That's where Jack will be playing. Um, Yeah, Campbell Graham, it's an interesting one, isn't it? How you handle a player that's had an injury that he's carried all the way through a season, you get to the end of the year. And I suppose the challenge is, do you put him in for surgery? Or if the medical advice says, listen, you can sort of start to rehab him and he may get better with re- rehabilitation rather than getting that surgery. What do you actually do? Um, and South, I suppose, have rolled the dice and that's what's happened. Cause I, I remember, I think I've said on this story before, I, I Partially dislocated my um, shoulder at the start of 88 and got through the whole year and they said to me, listen, just strengthen it and it should be right. And then I was playing in a celebrity basketball game (laughs) and just put my left arm up. Popped out. And it just popped out. And that was in late November. So then I had to go in and get my shoulder reconstructed. So... But the information that I got was, oh, mate, you just rehab it. You'll be right. Mm. So, But it's a big blow for South to have him out. It's a blow for
0: your basketball career as well. Loss. Yeah, it was. Mm. Yeah,
1: especially doing it in front of the... cannons. Um, no, nah, yeah, it was the cannons. It was a celebrity match. It was the... Um, who were the team that used to come out the here? The Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. I was trying to impress.
2: Went for the dunk.
1: Oh, I just went to sort of say stop hello one of them. Yeah. to the crowd. Yeah. Just, just, to to the
2: just crowd. a big wave, Pop, popped my shoulder out, gave a high five. Rehab bang. obviously was going well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got a t twenty match tonight in Hobart. Uh, the Aussies with tab a dollar thirty five. The Windies three dollars twenty five. Captain Mitch Marsh has COVID, so he'll have a different change room. Won't be able to celebrate with the boys, etc. Yesterday, Matt Wade said they were expecting him to play against a. What is a stronger, windy squad uh, with the likes of Jason Holder and Andre Russell? Of course, they're co-hosting a T20 World Cup later this year. Glenn Maxwell's, Maxwell's set to return as well, hmm. Pup. Obviously, had that issue in Adelaide where he ended up in hospital. Uh, but uh, he will well, be good for the Aussies to have him back around. We know how destructive he is in this format in particular.
2: Yeah, hopefully it's a better series than the one-day series just gone. You know? But, uh, yeah, a few Aussie players that haven't been a part of that um the test series or the one day series come back in uh sounds like Mitch will be completely fine um he was batting in the net yesterday as well so and he's captain so he'll certainly want to play um yeah let's yeah, I, I don't know what to expect from this western East team. generally there a this format is you know, is their go, is what they're, what they're best known for, certainly in the past 10 years. Their one-day cricket hasn't been great for a while, and they've lost, you know. We just saw the Test Series where winning the second Test was unreal, but they've lost so many of their senior players to to 2020 cricket, the domestic competitions around the world. So nice to see a few of them back in West Indies colours. Um, hopefully they can put on a bit of a show.
0: Parramatta had their season launch last night. They've got their first pre-season challenge match against the Raiders. That's at Cogra. 5:55 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. The kickoff of that match. That's next Saturday, the 17th of February, and it's great to have the Eels coach Brad Arthur joining us. Brad, good morning.
3: Yeah, good morning, boys.
0: I saw Sean Lane comment to Wide World Sports that this preseason, Brad, feels like the best program that he's been put through, and remarked on how you've done a lot of work on yourself as well. So, what have you changed this preseason?
3: Um, oh. Well, I was because of the you know the the negative out of um, last season we've had the positive is we've had a lot of time together this pre-season. You know, we're into 13 14 weeks of, of solid training so um, we were able to you know had plenty of time to plan um, a preseason which we were able to break up with a few camps um, you know some plenty of education around our systems but also uh, plenty of connection work where we're learning more about the players um, you know we've With a few of the things we've done and their learning styles, so it's allowed um, me to to try and get on a better level with those guys and make sure, you know, I'm reaching their needs all the time um, because they're all different and they've all got different ways of how they learn and respond. And yeah, so it's just making sure everything that comes out of my mouth is is hitting the mark with the message, and and because they all interpret it a different way.
1: Yeah, I saw Gutho last week and he had similar comments. How yeah, he's enjoyed it, but also noticed he had. Cop one over the uh, over the eye. He he reckons that uh, training's been really good, really tough.
3: Yeah, we've had, you know, like I said, we've had plenty of time, and the boys are they're nice and fit, and we're ready to go. And there's only so much you could, running you can do to get it. Which now we need match fitness, so we've been able to put the jerseys on them, and and we've had a, a twenty, or yeah. a thirty, and just yesterday we had a four, uh, the other day we had a forty-minute um, hit out where they once they put the jerseys on, there's no holes barred and they get stuck into each other. So we've been having a bit of blood and um, so far um,
4: there's
3: been no injuries with it and that's always mm. the risk, you know, when you're mm. getting them to be fed into them and get stuck into each other, but they, they, they're they ready to play. I was going to ask you then, Brad, because
1: as an ex-player, you, you know that you just get sick of training at the end and you, you reckon you're fit enough and you yeah. just want to get into it. As a coach, though, do you have to be careful that you don't sort of overcook them coming into this, like, week, two-week, before the trial
3: yeah yeah definitely and that's why we've had the camps to break it up and the camps haven't been about um trying to torture them because they get tortured every day at work you know mm. so um we, we've had different ideas around what we want to get out of our camps and you know we keep using the word connection and that was probably the the main thing is making sure that they know each other on a, on a better level but we've trained and because we've had so long we've been able to to break it up break it up and uh, we've done a lot of conditioning games, and we've done a lot of footy, um, where we, like I said, where we actually put the jerseys on and and got them, f- like full on, like a game sort of intensity, um, and and space it out where we were sort of day on day off. So, look. We are able to turn in... Well, we've got to make sure we turn it into a positive once we start playing, but a, a long preseason on the back of a disappointing season, we've got to take the positive there.
2: Brad, how do you see these two trial games, the Raiders and the Titans, going for you boys? Uh, again, is it something that you'll prioritise? Is it uh, give everyone a game or some time, or is it about trying to work out your starting lineup going into game one?
3: Um, I've got a reasonable idea on... What I think will, um, our starting lineup will be. There's a few bench spots um, that I'm stuck with um, that are up for grabs, but the first trial against Canberra is more around. have got a, you know, um, our SG ball team won the, the, the comp this year, and we, we've got four or five of those kids training with us, and, you know, we've got nine kids, 19 or younger, um, that have been training with us, so we're going to give them a run in the Canberra trial, and it's it's not about the results in the in the trials. It's about giving those guys an opportunity to to learn where they're at physically and where they they need to be to play against um, NRL players and being an NRL player. And it's it's not a cost. You know, if they get a few things wrong, it's not a costly exercise because there's no two two points up for grabs. Yeah. So it's a good opportunity for us to, to throw them out there um, as long as it's safe enough for them, which it will be. Um, they'll they'll learn a bit about themselves and what it mm. takes to be an NRL player. And then the second trial against um, Gold Coast you know we'll put out um, you know quite well hopefully our, our best team and and those guys it's about just getting some run in their legs, um getting up and down off the ground getting whacked a little bit and and um, just then starting to work on some of their execution of their plays and and some technique and defense and making sure they're ready for round one mm.
1: Brad I'm always interested in how a team dynamic works and in particular benches are so important you've got to have you know contributions from the whole 17 when you pick that I call calling the the 17th player or the bench player that plays that utility role. Now with the protocols with concussion in place, do you you look for like an outside back just in case or are you trying to find a player that just covers everything, the halves, outside backs, if something goes wrong?
3: Yeah, I've done a few few different ways, but over the last two years, majority of the time we've tried to, you know, have someone that covers a bit that can play in the halves or, or, you know, like an FD, someone can... Cover the halves, you can move someone else to fullback, and like Mitchie can sort of move around a bit. And we haven't, or even someone that you know might be able to go to dummy half a bit, or we can use um Hoppy to go to dummy half. So it is a we don't have an outright sort of utility in our our squad. Um, and a lot of players nowadays, no one wants to be labelled or or known as a utility, they all want to be a starter, so it's very hard to, to find that type of player, but um. And I haven't in the past been someone that just wants to pick a second hooker. Um, I like our hookers to be able to play 80 minutes, but the way the game's going and the work the hookers do, it it might be something we look at a bit more moving forward, you know, with um, someone that can cover the hook and roll and just, you know, it's it's having the flexibility of being able to move back rolls at the centres. And, um, you know, Kelma can operate in that role for us this year and Cardi can do a bit in the halves. But, um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Uh, you know, to get, it's always to a bit of a right, roll
1: of the I've... dice, isn't it? And I reckon as a coach, you sit there sometimes, and then if you go one way, and the outcome doesn't happen on the field oh, that you're worries. after, it's like, oh, why didn't I go the other way?
3: Yeah, you know what, guys? I think with it, my um, best bet is not to overthink it. Yeah. Just pick me best yeah. seventeen, <laughs> yeah. and then so and then when something happens on the field, well, I've just got to respond to it. You know, if we start picking the to cover this, to cover that, and, you know, overthink it. I think mean, you get yourself in trouble.
2: Uh, Brad, so many senior players now in your group. But how uh, how's your skipper, Gutho, going? He had knee surgery, didn't he, throughout the break? And also Mitch Moses. How, how's Mitch looking for uh, – I've obviously heard him speak over the cast, uh, past couple of weeks in, in a press conference, and he sounds super pumped, and he looks as fit as I've seen him. Um, so how are those two particularly going?
3: Yeah, all our guys are really fit and we're ready to go, and they they look really good now. We've got to get it done on the field, but um, with Gutho, it's been probably a, a blessing for him that he hasn't done as much of the preseason. They'll you know mm. probably put a couple extra seasons on him, and he's he's fresh and he's ready to go, and he's been able to stay out of the rigor of the the bash and barge, um, which you know we we can't keep him out of when he's when he's in training. So it's it's been really good for him, and you know he's fresh and off. The, he had a great season for us last year, but I feel like he's going to be better this year because yeah, he'll be great. better for us physically um yeah. so um and you know and mitchell and both these guys they just that they're ready to win they want to win they're very disappointed about last year um you know, and know we we don't want to keep harping on it but they they understand the importance and the role that they play and and mitchell's leadership he's just growing and maturing all the time and you know like two years ago he got us to a grand final um last season he's you know he's pl- Oh, I think he's embedded himself in that Origin team. So, you know, there's only one more step for him now and, um, and that's going to be how he's going to get us there is through his leadership, um, which he's done a lot of work on with with different people and, and Trent Barrett's been really good for him as well, helping him with some of his leadership and how he talks to the players and how he can get the best out of the playing group because he's very passionate, Mitch.
0: Brad, we really appreciate your time this morning and uh, have a great season. We'll check in throughout. All right, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Brad Arthur there, the Parramatta coach. Yep, so that next Saturday at Coggera is their first pre-season match against the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I think they'll have a big year, Parramatta. I think they'll be back playing finals.
0: Looking forward to seeing you, eight Loz? couple yeah. of weeks away Till you reveal... Your top eight. Super Rugby Pacific, the season not far away. And the Brumbies, they've got a trial against the Western Force in WA tomorrow. And joining us now, 24 years of age, has chalked up 15 tests for the Wallabies. He suffered a knee injury against Portugal at the World Cup at the back end of last year. Nick Frost, Brumbies Lock, is joining us. Nick, good morning. How are you? Uh, hey lads! No, no, good morning. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you yeah. on the show. And the Brumbies, you know, always high expectations. Nick, yeah. You've fallen at that semi-final stage yeah. the last two years. So, what gives you the confidence you can, you know, go that step further and reach the final and hopefully win it? Uh,
5: yeah, uh, dis- disappointing losses the past few years. But uh, to be honest, coming back in, bit of from a bit of rehab perspective, the boys have been killing it in pre-season. Uh, but, I'm trying to find my paces out there a bit the last few weeks. The boys are running rings around me, so now the boys are looking good. Um, obviously, we've got a game this weekend, tomorrow actually, against the Force over there in Perth. Yeah,
1: uh, You had a trial game last week against Fiji Drew, and it's quite a uh, high scoring match. Uh, but what can we expect from the, the Brumbies this season? Is it going to be one of those seasons where you're looking to
5: attack? Yeah, yeah, obviously, last week, high scoring match. Um, but yeah, I, I think. As Brumbies ourselves, we, we pride ourselves a bit on our DNA, our set piece and things like that. But um, we want to bring back an attacking style. Obviously, Sam and Bernie's a
0: coach, you know. He's trying to get his roots back into it, and he's running rugby and the stuff he used to do back in the day when he used to tear up teams. Tell us about your off-season then and recovering after the World Cup, Nick. Uh, yeah, so I had a bit of a knee and ankle injury, so
5: got lucky didn't really require any surgery, so... Um, just a bit of time off. Got away from the game, which was good. Um, had a bit of a holiday and spent some time at home. I'm um, from Sydney and then back into training and back into of things. Just getting the body right and obviously get, get a chance to run around tomorrow.
0: Obviously, from the outside looking in, it did look a bizarre year there at, at <laughs> national level under Eddie Jones. I mean, how would you describe it from a player's perspective?
5: Yeah, it, it was a weird year. Um, obviously, a lot of that's said and gone now, but it's mm. It was um, just a different environment. Um, Obviously, we're competing at a World Cup and everyone wants to be there. And at the end of the day, we're we're the ones on the field as well. Um, So our performances lost those games as well. So it's just a bit disappointing in general. But, you know, we're on on bigger and better things now. And um, we've got the super season coming up. We've got a Lions Tour and a Home World Cup. Well, one player that um, didn't
1: have a weird season was Rob Valentini. Uh, capping <laughs> off uh, a wonderful season by winning the John Eels Medal, uh, he must be pumped and ready to go this year again.
4: Yeah, a big
5: Bobby uh, on it. Yeah, it's good, good to see him um, recognised and deserve. Obviously, it's a player player voted award, and um, it's probably one of the best things to be voted by your players as a as the top man. So he's been consistent for a few years now for the Brumbies and obviously the Wallabies. So it's good good to see him get that. Um, He's really well respected within the group.
2: Nick, how hard is it as a player to, you know, seeing the Australian coach change so often over the past few years, the Wallabies coach, I feel like it must be difficult to, you know, you've got to be playing good rugby all the time because you're trying to impress a new coach all the time. Does it feel a bit like that?
5: Yeah, yeah. if you put it that way, I guess I'm thinking of it now. I'm <laughs> uh, heading into my third year, yeah. um, so I've had already two coaches in two years from that, that perspective. But yeah, I guess it does. It's a blessing and a curse. Um, obviously, you do like a bit of stability and a um, bit of structure, but as you said, it does keep you on your toes a bit because you never know. It's it's back to it's a clean slate for yeah. everyone. Um, no, no one's in the team. No, no one's not in the team. So it's... Um, yeah, it keeps on the toes, keeps you training hard, and it's obviously a bit of extra motivation too to impress. Two players that I thought would have been on
1: that Wallaby squad last year to go away with the World Cup with Noah, Lola Sia and, and Tommy Wright. How are they both tracking at the moment?
5: Uh, yeah, yeah. they've obviously they were a bit disappointed last year, and so a, a whole lot of other people. Um, you throw Lena Katow in there as well. So, no, they've been good. They've been ripping into pre-season. And um, had a good tour with the Barbarians last year, and Noah has some experience over in France. But, um, yeah, they're both back playing this weekend. Um, they're both back playing tomorrow, so they get their first games of the year. Bit of a bit of a hot one in Perth. It's supposed to be about 38 at kick-off, so wow.
0: definitely going to be feeling it over there. <laughs> How do you want to evolve your own game, and what are your own goals this year, Nick? Um, oh, obviously, as such for forwards,
5: You've you got to have a good season first for the Brums. Um, Obviously, there's a bit of learnings from the World Cup when you see where you sit against other international teams. But, yeah, uh, there's a few individual goals here and there, but just want to be able to keep, keep going and getting on the pass, um, enjoy running around the ball. But, obviously, that defensive side of the game's a decent work on for myself, so I just keep growing in those areas.
1: And is there someone that's impressed you in the off-season that we n- may not know about or an experienced player that has come back and you've gone, juice? he's in the uh-huh. best shape he's ever been in? <laughs>
5: Yeah, well, one of them's Ryan Lonergan. Um, I, I reckon he's definitely due a cut this year. He's been in and around the squads from the Nationals, detective. Um He's been close, but yeah, you know, he's he's in probably his best best shape he's been in, and he's just, I reckon it's just his time to go. And another one's that, De- Declan Meredith. Um, he did, did pretty well in, um, for us with the Brums last year in Japan. He played a few
0: games, and he's come through the John I come down from Chansill, and I reckon he's going to have a good year this year. Well, Nick, Really appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to seeing you back on the park after your break with that injury and hope you have another great season with the Brumbies, mate. Thank you. No, thank you, guys. Thanks, lads. Nick Frost there, gr- really good athlete and uh, a shining light for the Brumbies and uh, looking forward to seeing him back on the park. And their season opener is Friday, February 23. Uh, They're in Melbourne at Amy Park uh, up against the Rebels and just the Super Rugby market. So the Crusaders, $3.00, Chiefs, three fifty. Blues 550, Hurricanes eight, Brumbies ten. They're the shortest price of the Australian sides, as they seem to be a lot. Phil Moss is coming up shortly. Also, still to come this morning, Brad Davidson, Adam Pengilly, and Michael Maxworthy as well. Uh, We'll get some Queensland mail off Maxi, just some scores and uh, in the golf. So we're at the Phoenix Open, and it has been well. Play has been suspended, in fact, at the Phoenix Open due to the weather. As it stands, uh, one of Evan Priest's tips, uh, Heath Gala, is leading. He is five under through 14 holes. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry and S.H. Kim are all four under par, one off the pace. Best of the Aussies so far. And uh, he suggested this player in the top Aussie market and he was $8.50 in that market yesterday. Aaron Baddeley, who is two under through 16 holes. Uh, just not sure if... Wu Lee, in fact, he hasn't even teed off. Adam Scott of Wu Lee, it looks like neither of them have teed off. So, uh, hence badly, <laughs> two under through 16. Of course, he'd be the top Aussie. Uh, now, also, we've got the Qatar Masters going on uh, over in Doha on the DP World Tour. And Chinese player Ashin Wu and South Africa's Xander Lombard are both five under par leading there. Best of the Aussies is Hayden Barron, who is four under par after his opening round of 68. And Harrison Endicott's just two off the pace uh, after shooting a three under 69. In the under-19s Cricket World Cup overnight, Australia, a thrilling victory. One wicket they beat Pakistan by with five balls to spare to get through to the final against India Sunday night in Benoni in South Africa. They rolled Pakistan for 179, 9 for 181 in response. And the hero, at least with the ball, uh, was Tom Straker, 6 for 24. Uh, some, someone texted in earlier saying he's a Sutherland boy in Sydney, 6 for 24. And uh, he was the chief destroyer and player of the match. But they did it tough with the bat. And it was Harry Dixon at the top of the order with 50, Oliver Peake with 49. The best of the batters for the Aussies as they reach the final at the Under Nineteens World Cup. Just some other news around as well. So Lance Morris pup is set to be ruled out of the Test tour of New Zealand due to a side strain that he suffered on Tuesday against the West Indies. Surely then Michael Knees has got to be the replacement, doesn't he? He's the next cab off the rink. Imagine Knees are in New Zealand conditions. When you think Southie Bolt,
2: yeah, he'd be very good. Yeah, he's he's definitely got to be. I mean, they probably he's got won't to be up play. There. Let's
0: face it, if Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood are okay,
2: they're playing. Yeah, those three. Scotty Boland they'll take. And Boland, He'll obviously. He'll be tough. Be and yeah. then you'd like to think that, that Michael Nisa doesn't get jumped by anyone as well. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves to be on that tour um, for sure. Yeah, side strain. Well, it just depends how bad it is. Well, normally side strain, if, if it's just the, uh, a niggle, is 10 days. Um, but it seems like it could be a lot worse than that if they're going to rule him out of the the test tour. Um Yeah, and what under the Aussie boys as well, qualifying for that World Cup final. Important, I know we probably don't see it because it's not on free-to-air TV, but um, great stepping stone, I reckon. Under-17s, under-19s, playing for your state and then making the Australian team is... um, you travel travelling the world, you're playing in very different conditions, uh, different pitches, you experience that as a group. And, you know, a lot of those players involved in... This Australian Under 19 World Cup team will you'll see go on and play certainly Sheffield Shield cricket, um, but there's every chance you'll see a number of them in that Australian team. So, yeah, some names to look out for. There's been some great individual performances, and what under the boys for qualifying into that final? It's, it's a good effort. Just the French cut got him home. Beautiful. You know?
0: Yep. That'll do. Yep. Went for four, got him there. Uh, just before Loz reminds us of his multi. The big sports breakfast best this morning. Uh, Just uh, thank you to Jared Daffy and the team there at RSN have sent through Mark Hunter's Ruffy for the meeting at Caulfield, the All Stakes meeting at Caulfield tomorrow. And it is race three number six, first encounter. Race three number six at Caulfield, first encounter, uh, which is currently $15 to win and $3.70 to place with Tab, is Mark Hunter's Caulfield Ruffy tomorrow. Uh, Loz, the multi, please
1: Well, we're going to Sydney tomorrow Mido first up Ramwick race 2, number 8 Celerity to run top 2 We had her in our multi last week Before she was scratched behind the gates So it's Sydney race 2, number 8 Celerity to run top 2 And then we're down to Caulfield The sexy one is racing Race 5, number 6, Foxy (laughs) Cleopatra And we've got her to win
0: Okay 750 for the sexy one and Celerity uh, so, celebrity Top 2, Foxy to win. And uh, that is on the tab app and website. Just click on Sports and Today's Offers. And there you will see it. The big sports breakfast best, $7.50. What's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Very good morning, Mossy. How are
6: you? I'm great Meadow. A little bit battered and bruised, to be honest. I've been copying it on Sydney buses, city cafes, uh, down the beach, D.Y. Beach last, uh, on Tuesday. Um, Copping some abuse. Copping plenty, Clark. What about?
3: All, all over my multi. Oh, <laughs> your multi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's not a lot, you know a lot of love it, either on the text line.
6: <laughs> I know, but like, you know what it shows me? What's that? You know what it shows? It shows that the ratings of this show have never been yeah. higher. Yeah. It's amazing how many listeners there are out there and uh, taking notes. Yours I always hear it when I'm winning. Always
1: having no, an excuse ready,
2: Mossy, <laughs> or someone to blame. <laughs> you, me. you, someone that to blame, that means someone to blame.
1: Always the scapegoat. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the Two best. Words. It wasn't me, yep. yeah. no, it wasn't me. It was someone else. <laughs> they forced me to do it.
6: Uh, what do you think of? Uh, what do you think of blue cards, Mido? The FA Cup uh, are thinking of bringing in blue cards next uh, next season. So it's for dissent to the referee. Oh, my God. And uh, tactical
0: fouls. Oh, and it's what, 10 what? minutes in the sin bin. Well, the refs will have to get fatter wallets then, obviously, won't they, to hold them all. Mate, you're going mean, to get
2: confused. You want a yellow, you pull yeah, a blue. Oh, my God, one. I gave him a red. Mate, yeah. just keep it simple.
0: Yeah. Dangerous territory, I reckon. Yeah, ridiculous. <sighs> nah, yeah. not a fan. I don't mind it. Oh, of course. Oh, of cou- you- yeah, shock me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for oh, someone who hates I stages, hate. oh, um, no, well,
2: yeah. let's... The,
1: no, know, well, it's, if it's not what's a, a yellow,
2: serious oh, here attack, he goes. Here, no, stop and it's a now. Red stop now. You're only like, doing this them, to go against give us. Give
1: them ten minutes in the bin. You're such a liar. Like, this rug, is not rugby, your truth. League, rugby Listen league, it. such a has had a artist. sin bin. You're a liar. You don't believe in this. We enjoy it. You we don't enjoy believe, a sin bin rather than a sent You're off. You're just so going against us. I'm actually in favour of it, Mossy. Like, I think it'll add to the quality a, of the contest. You're such a bad I, liar.
0: I
2: feel like my job here is done today, mate. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 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 can you listen next week? Can you ask him the exact same question? He'll go blue cards. That's rubbish. Whose idea was that? <laughs> the
0: best. The best was watching. Was watching us speak, and I could tell. Loz uh, yeah, was he's just, looking, he's like, about, you know, stuff this. I if like these this. two
2: go the same way, yeah, I'd definitely I'm going go the, the other opposite. Way. Yeah. I <laughs> don't like that at all. Yeah. I
0: just think what? it's a good idea. Do you? I yeah, do, yeah, yes. Sure. Oh, okay. Uh, Marco Radan <laughs> not backing down. Says he's got a lot of support. Uh, I see that uh, Robbie Slater has also said the same thing in his uh, newspaper column as well. So lots of support for Marco Radan in his Ooh. comments last week. And his comments at the news conference during the week as well. Uh, it would be interesting to see how the A League authorities mm. respond to this, though, Mossy.
6: Well, first first of all, he's got to answer to me for bringing Manly into the equation. Yeah, I heard that um, as well.
0: I mean, you know, you yeah. could have said Vore Clues or something like that. Go easy. <laughs>
6: <laughs> that's that's right. i am not sure where he uh gets the right to be judgmental over the northern beaches but uh i'll be taking taking him to task on that one but look i think um when you take the emotion out of it i think there's there's plenty of points that roods makes that uh are valid um and and need to be looked at you know i think where he crossed the line was getting personal with Adam Kersey, the yeah. the referee and and saying that there's history between the two of them i think that's the emotion uh, bubbling to the surface. And I think he'll, he'll definitely have something to answer um, for there. Um, But I I also think if the game is, is smart at at the top level of administrators, they'll, they'll they'll pick apart the comments and start to do some, some research behind the scenes with other coaches and, and get to the bottom of what the frustrations are, because I think there are some really valid, uh, valid points in there. I think we're, if Rude's had his time again, maybe he would have used a midweek press conference to make his points rather than straight after the game when the blood's boiling and um, you know the, the emotions are running high. But um, yeah, certainly as a game, we all know those who are inside the game um, will, will tell you any day of the week that we've got issues that really need to be sorted at the top level if we're going to take the
2: A-League forward. Sydney FC, buddy, massive game against the Mariners.
6: Who do you like? Yeah, and it's it's not a happy hunting ground for, for Sydney FC, Clarkie, mm. Over the years, yep. um, so it's uh, you know it's a it's a toughie, and the Mariners are absolutely flying. Yeah. Um, they really are. Like was uh, his favourite team. Um, they're, they're showing all the hallmarks of of having what it takes to go back to back. To be honest, um, you never well, said, said we that couldn't after.
2: do it.
6: That's exactly the little club that couldn't. We've proven to be the, yeah, the little mate, club that can. they're on top. Of course can.
2: they're we. We? <laughs> yeah, they're losses team. Another jersey he's got in the cupboard. <laughs> what number are you? For the Mariners. What's what your <laughs> number on the back of your jersey? <laughs> we. They said They did. They Us. said it before
1: the season when we lost three in a row. When we
2: lost three in a row. <laughs> I reckon you're a
0: cost. passionate mariner,
6: aren't you? I reckon I reckon one really? of them that had had hashtag Moss out when oh, I was yeah. in charge up there. <laughs> no, I was a
1: supporter of yours and Arnie's. <laughs> yeah, no, I know.
6: But look, I um, I honestly think the um, I think the Mariners are going to be tough to beat up there. Um, you know that they're they're, uh, they're on a great roll at the moment. They've got great momentum. They're scoring goals for fun. Um, they're um, they they're just they're irresistible to watch. Angel Torres is just ripping the league apart at the moment. I think it's hard to think of anyone who's in better form across the league than him at the moment. Um, So yeah, Sydney with their work cut out, I'm going to back the Mariners. They're not part of my multi. um, So that means they'll probably win.
0: (laughs) Okay. Just on expansion, I saw some comments from uh, the APL Commissioner Nick Garcia during the week. Obviously, we've got the the Auckland Club coming, but the Canberra Club, why has that not been finalised yet, Mossy? laws uh, wants another team.
2: Yeah, what are, you, what are you going to do if they get in?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> let I'm the Mariners very wide, go.
6: If, when they do get in, and, and if I was the coach, I'd be getting Laurie Daly involved in some way, shape, or form down there. Yeah, um, the Mariners would but, be devastated.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> but, yeah, look, I, I think they're just... Uh, well, put, put it this way, obviously the APL have had uh, some big things on their plate over the last uh, month or so, but yep. um, certainly Auckland got the jump on them with regards to ownership and, and getting their um, back out in order f- for them to get the, the other licence. Um, but I, I believe that Canberra is very, very close to, to getting off the ground and, and being um, admitted to the league. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I've said many times that Canberra, Canberra have had a few chances to show how passionate they are about having their own team in the A League. Sometimes they've they've shown it with, with bums on seats, other times they've been a bit meh, if you like. Um but I, I think if they get their own team in the A League, it's it's a right um it's a right uh, field down there, I suppose. I'm looking for the right words; they're the wrong words, but it, it's a good market. It's a very good market, and and I think if they get it right, if the franchise is right, if they embrace the community, then it could be anything down there.
1: Yeah, a lot of passionate. There is a lot of passionate. It's a great sporting soccer. Town. Canberra. Full stop. soccer people in
6: Canberra. Yeah, yeah definitely. And yeah. there's 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 a lot of the. A lot of the multicultural communities as well was um, down there. You know, if, if I think of some of the NPL clubs, you know, they're the they're the communities that that really gave football the passion and and the um, the platform um, down there. So an A League club, as long as they market it right and they can com- connect with those communities, I think it could be fantastic.
1: All right, what about in the EPL this weekend? Who do Spurs take? Are oh, they taking on Brighton? They should win that game.
6: Uh well, yeah. <laughs> They can and uh, and I think they will, um, but should that, that's a big call because Brighton are, are always um, mm-hmm. they're always tricky. Um, but I think Hyun uh, Min Son Son will be back um, South Korea or Korea Republic. Sorry, kicked out of the um, of the um, of the Asian Cup. Um, so that's that's a big in for them if he gets back there. I think he's already back there. They they uh, they got knocked out on Tuesday. Um, so if he's training and, and recovered from the travel and everything, I, I think he'll be a big, uh, a big inclusion for Ange. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'm going to tip Tottenham at home.
0: And as far as the title race is concerned, Man City up against Everton, Liverpool and Burnley, West Ham and Arsenal. That's a, a crucial game, a London derby there. But we'll be keeping close eyes on those fixtures. But we need to get your multi, Mossy. What have you got for us?
6: Oh, deep breath. I was going to take the week off the multi this week, but then I thought, no, uh, Clarky won't allow me to do that because you've got to lean in the face of adversity. You front (laughs) up, (laughs) take it on, buddy. I'm with you. Here we go. Here we go. Man City to beat Everton, into Spurs to beat Brighton, into Newcastle to beat Nottingham Forest away. On, come on, producer Tommy. Get them over the line for us into Arsenal to beat West Ham in that big one you were just talking about, Middow.
0: Okay, so you're sticking Premier League. Four legs, City, Tottenham, Newcastle, Arsenal. City, Tottenham, Newcastle, Arsenal. And that four-legger is paying $6.16 currently come on, with Mossy. Tab. Mossy, have a fantastic weekend, mate. Thank you. You too, guys. Always fun. Welcome back. Now, earlier this morning, we were talking about, you know, the days of going to Civic Video and what was the other one, Pup? Planes Video, I can't remember. No, video, Easy. Video, video Easy. Video Easy, Easy. that's, that's, that's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. They used to sponsor the good old Raiders, didn't yeah, they? Video Easy, that was it. And, you know, paying the late fee and trying to get the new releases. This text I wanted to read from Horace, he says, my mate had to take his VCR into the video shop because it swallowed the tape. Ouch. He said, you can have the lot, but I'm not paying the late fee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that happened a couple uh, of times.
2: You pulled the video out. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, no.
3: What happens? No, oh, I'll tell you no. what you used to do.
1: You used to always run in if it was late, and you just dropped it, it in, in the box, and then you'd yeah, run you out. And whoever went to, <laughs> to get the video next time, and they had to pay... Bill- Yeah, there was a bill, and then they had to pay for it. So you would never go back. You would never go back in if someone said, Go and get a video. You go, Oh, no, I can't. Why don't you go and do it? I used to do it with my sister all the time. (laughs) She'd come (laughs) home blowing up.
0: (laughs) I bet she did. Uh, Ah, now, Davo. Brad Davidson, good morning. Morning,
4: guys. Yeah, that brings back memories. The old. uh,
0: yeah, that. Do you ever just uh, drop big... and run with the video? Oh, I did
4: it all the time, yeah. Loz. <laughs> I remember. Just, I, I still remember as a kid. Now, just running in, bang, and I oh, wouldn't well, see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah then, then, And then, as you said, next time you would not go near the
0: place. Okay, yeah. now we've got the Inglis Millennium tomorrow at Royal Randwick, two-year-old race, two million dollars. Another Waterhouse bot favorite in a two-year-old race. Wide gate though for fully lit three dollars fifty. Currently with tab. How do you see it?
4: Yeah, look, hard to probably tip against, Jared, but that is a query, isn't it? I mean, particularly in these you know, $2 million races, they generally go pretty hard. So it's going to need a bit of luck. Look, I guess to counteract all that, there's only one turn. So even if you don't find the front, if you just keep a bit balanced and um, sit behind one or two, it's not, not the end of the world at the same time. But look, the debut win was enormous. And i have got to lean that way. But Rude de Royale, I thought, hit the line really well the last run before it breaks trialled or jumped out nicely leading into this I think if, if the favourite is a bit vulnerable and, and, and does have to work a bit too hard and they push the button and, and want to sort of go a bit too fast, then maybe Rudo Royale might be the one that's really savaging the line late but good race um, as I said these two-year-olds have stepped up really well so far this season so another opportunity for those in English Millennium tomorrow
1: uh, What about the Eskimo Prince, mate? Uh, Stakes, how do, you, how do you see this playing out?
4: Well, look, it looks an open race, doesn't it, Loz? Obviously, uh, is has gone for this race over uh, over an easier race on the day. I thought he was probably a, a false favourite, to be honest. I thought the two were Moravia and Griff. I thought they both trialed particularly well. I mean, Griff's a Caulfield Guineas winner, and he just still feels a bit underrated here. Um, I know he's going to be better over, over a little bit further, perhaps, but... I think he has to be a terrific chance. His trials have been outstanding, and I thought uh, Moravia was the other one. He did everything in his first preparation last time, and his trial was super sharp. I thought they were the two that had a bit more class, and even though Cabalus won well the other day, and the form of the race has been outstanding, I just think this is a massive step up. I think he's a false favourite, and I think he has to drift a bit um, at the moment. So they were the two for me. Griff probably just ahead of Moravia.
0: Big day at Caulfield. We have got the Group One CF4, Mister Brightside. Odds on dollar ninety with tab is just such a good galloper, one of the best in the country. V eight on the second line of betting has been seventeen to five dollars. Final field, pride of Jenny, Group One winner back in the spring. Six out to seven dollars. Pericles has been solid at seven fifty. Fourteen and longer the rest with tab in the market. Are you finding something to beat this incredible horse, Mister Brightside?
4: I tried to because, you know, listening to the stable guys, I think they feel that he's probably at a similar stage to to what he was uh, first up in the autumn last year rather than the spring. Of course, first up in the spring, he won at 1,400, but first up in the autumn, he he finished fifth over 1,400, beaten the length. And I just get the feeling he's not as sort of wound up and ready to go as the spring. But look, having said all that, you go through the list and some nice horses there, Pericles, look, pride of Jenny, we know what she did towards the end of last prep. But I think she likes to sort of just, be a bit of a control freak out in front I'm not sure she's going to get that set up here with Buffalo River in the race so with all that in mind it's sort of hard to tip against him but I think he is a horse that you might get 210 about late I just think the market might be a little bit soft on him um Pericles has trialed the, the house down but he's still got to sort of show he's up to this weight for age level and when you break down the weight, the weight scale he's just so well off Mr. Side, and he's just a just an absolute ripper, isn't he? And he's just a different class to these horses in the race tomorrow. So, look, he's on top. Do I want to sort of dive in? I think if you if you like, him, probably just wait a little bit. I think you might get a bit of a bit better price late.
1: What about these Blue Diamond lead-up races tomorrow, Davo? Anyone caught your
4: eye? Yeah, look, um, Bol still is going to be awfully hard to beat in the Phillies lead-up, and in the uh, in the Colts and Geldings lead-up, it's a really good clash between Bodyguard, High Octane, and Stay Focused. Now, a lot are on the Bodyguard and High Octane. Uh, train there with the Snowden's, but I think stay Focus is the one, guys. I thought his win Geelong was outstanding on debut. Uh, his trial since was for jump out was terrific, and I just thought while well, the other two are doing a little bit wrong, and, and bodyguard's likely to get back, and high octane might get stuck on the fence, this one's going to be just up there, cruising behind the speed and ready to pounce on the turn. Um, look, they went up five dollars. I think he's about three forty now, but. I still marked him favourite there in the, uh, in the in the the Blue Diamond Colts and Geldings race. So I'm, I'm happy to sort of uh, make him the, the play of the day tomorrow. I had another will at, at Ramwick as well, but unfortunately he was scratched about five minutes before we came on air. So um, he'll go to Melbourne instead of Sydney. But uh, stay focused, still there for us tomorrow in the uh, Brood Diamond lead up
0: in at Caulfield. Okay, Davo's best is at Caulfield with his Ramwick Tip being scratched, that is stay focused. Race six, number four in the Blue Diamond Prelude for the Colts and Geldings. $3.40 uh, currently with Tab. Race six, number four there at Caulfield. Uh, Loz, your are multi, because let's get Davo's thoughts.
1: Uh, yes, we've got uh, Celerity in Sydney in race two, Davo, and then in race five at Caulfield, Foxy. Foxy Cleopatra.
4: Go, Go Foxy. Got to be a great chance. Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah. Um, And uh, Celerity, well, they're just going to get her in the barriers, don't they, after Mm. what happened last week? But look, her her jump out uh, trials have been very stylish. And the fact that J-Mac was so keen to ride last week after riding her at the trials, particularly riding light at 55, he was, um, says all you need to know there, too, that she's got to be a terrific chance. And hearing James Cummings speak during the week, he seemed quite upbeat about her prospects. So uh, good luck with that. Good luck with Foxy Cleopatra and hopefully the multi gets home.
0: Jeez, mate. Very quickly, Beer Barron, a text... He asked David how you think it'll go in the English millennium.
4: Yeah, look, I thought that the trial was really good recently. The run last preparation was strong, probably in a in maybe a length weaker race than, than what it meets there tomorrow. That's the only thing I would say, but um, cannot do more in that recent trial and looks a really smart one. Um, so good luck to the uh, the country connections there and hopefully uh, can run really well in the, in the big race tomorrow.
0: Have a great weekend, Davo. Thanks, guys. You too. Deliciously flaky pastry on top and bottom, which is rolled extra thin. A filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. I'm talking about Garlo's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlo's pies are simply bursting with flavour, and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. And here's the thought I could night off from cooking and grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Goles and Woolworth stores. And remember, we're located in the chilled meals section. If you can't find us, just ask for Garlo's pies by name. Garlo's pies, they're thin on pastry, they're big on meat.